you haven't um, met me, my name is Andy. I'm just continually trying to introduce myself. I am the bald guy with a smile on his face. Uh, I remember when I first met my mother-in-law, she uh, asked me, like, why do you wear your hair like that? <laughs> and, I, and, and she was trying to be polite and just to get to know me. And I looked at her, and I'm like, well, uh, you know, I lost my hair. It's balding. It's, it's, it's going. She's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. It's just... <laughs> So you don't have to ask that question. My mother-in-law already did. She's awesome. I got a couple announcements for, for us. Um, what's really cool, we've been doing this, and if you've been with us for a bit, we have these Community Life Sundays where once a month, instead of doing this kind of format, we do some different format, something where we're out, we're doing something. And as you know, this Sunday coming up lands on Christmas Day. And for some of us, that's a really, oh, I got all the family, everything's working good, it's gonna be awesome, and, and you're doing that thing, and we bless you, do that thing. For some of us, it's a really tough time. For even some of us out on the streets don't have a place to get a warm meal. And so, Jesse, raise your hand, Jesse. Jesse. Yeah, so Jesse and a team and a crew of people from us right here for this Community Life Sunday coming up next week. We're going to be hosting a breakfast. Oh, man, the times hit me. We have it on our website. Yes, yes, uh, there, there's doors open at 7, and it's going to go for a few hours. Um, we have spots to sign up and help. There's some specific needs. Um, and if you've been part of this community life rhythm, um, as many of us have been, there's an opportunity for you to jump in and join us. Otherwise, there's no Sunday gathering in this room. We'll be gathering with the breakfast or we'll be gathering our homes, friends, family, um, and delighting in Jesus and each other. So just make sure there's nothing gonna happen in here. All right? Okay, good. But we do love Christmas and we do love getting together. So we continue the tradition of Christmas Eve's Eve gathering outside under the tent next Friday night. Um, we'd love to have everybody come. It's gonna be like a standing type thing around some fire, around some burning candles that we all see kids lighting up and going around. It's, it's totally a lot of fun. It's not dangerous. We're gonna sing. <laughs> we're gonna sing some songs and we're gonna be probably shivering because it's really cold and then we'll be done in about an hour. But it's a great opportunity to kind of mark the end of our you know, Christmas season together right then. So come to that. Those are your two things. Those are your... What time is it, Kim? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Thank you. Kim says it's at 6.30. <laughs> she is. She is. Got all these things. Um, and lastly, I just want to thank you uh, as... We have a whole crew of people who have donated and been part of our um, support financially over this last year, week in and week out. We thank you, thank you, thank you so much. What we've been able to carve out together collectively to make this space in the middle of the city is a, a united effort. It's not just, hey, Andy wants to do this and Ryan wants to do this or whoever. This is a collective effort. And as we've given our finances together, we believe in what God's doing here. That's actually happened all year long. And we have a list of a million things that have gone on in all these different stories. But just simply to you, as you've been giving faithful and generously to this mission and to this church, thank you so much. 
I don't get many chances to say that. So I just want to say thank you. So, all right. That's all the announcements. We're going to get some Bible going here. I was told I can only read from a certain Bible. That's what Ryan said. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, that doesn't sound like him, right? No, it kind of does, but you know. <laughs> Ryan and Drew have done a really good job leading us into this season of Advent. And every year we talk about God with us, Emmanuel, God with us, because that cycle and that remembrance journey is so important for us. Understanding who Jesus is, how this whole thing started in him and why we're really here and this uniqueness of heaven coming to earth. The one who's the fittest, the one who's the greatest coming to the, the weakest to us and to sacrifice for us and to live and help us live through him. That's kind of a big deal. And um, there's nobody else that has done that but Jesus. There's no like Greek mythology we could find where the gods are, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna forget my throne and I'm gonna come down here and I'll help you guys out type thing. There's no one that has ever done that. There's no God that has ever thought of that whatever we might think in our other pantheons of things, Jesus is uniquely compassion and kindness and hope and life and love to us, a reflection, fullness of the Father. So I know that Drew and Ryan have had a lot of words and they are very good at that. And I will bring some words. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to be up here for sure. (laughs) I think the Holy Spirit is again just inviting us to look at this idea of of God with us and Ryan talked about God with us in the storms and there's these these high moments and there's these low moments and Drew was leading us through this huge picture of God in the cosmos coming into this moment in the you know, with the shepherds in this moment in the manger, this kind of big picture. But I want to invite us today just to consider and ask some questions together about God with us in the mundane. <laughs> Boring. Um, or, or in the ordinary or in the channels between those memorable moments, right? Our Instagram moments that we all have. We have our Facebook and Instagram or whatever you have. You're like, I can see this moment. I can see this moment this one, and I show the whole world those moments, and I kind of show my family those moments, but I wonder what the in-between channels really look like. Is there a God for me in that moment? I don't know about you guys, that this week, I'm kind of, you know, Christmas, low-key, overwhelmed, low-key, kind of anxious. You're like, got to do another thing, got to do another thing, and you may be like me, like you're looking forward to a day off with family or you're looking forward to, you know, a change of pace at work. Maybe you've been on one job site for six months and you're like, at the end of this year, we're going to a new job site. Maybe you're, you're looking forward to, you know, finally having a first date turn to a second date. You're looking to that memorable moment. Maybe you're like, you're really hoping that your kid figures out how to use the toilet or, or, yeah, or a memorable moment like, 
or your kid learns to drive so you don't have to drive them to all the events that you've been driving them around to. There's these child development moments. You see, there's, we're always looking for these moments and we're always fighting and, and, and that's just natural. I'm not gonna say today as we're talking that there's some sort of new ethereal plane that we're gonna land on that somehow we can remember every single second and capture it as the greatest thing and we will live from second to second remembering our whole lives with Jesus. That's, that's not realistic and that's really not how we were crafted and we were made. But that doesn't mean that every one of those moments doesn't carry uniquely purpose, presence, life, and value. And so let's ask some of those questions today. What kind of started me on it was I read this funny little essay by a guy and, and he said the word mundane and I thought, ooh, that sounds nice, you know? <laughs> Because like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how like I am sometimes. I'm like, I'll move from one great moment to another great moment or one sad moment to hopefully a great moment. And like, you remember all those things, the highs and the lows. And you kind of do that with Jesus a little bit. I'm like, oh yeah, when I'm flying, I'm like, I'm super connected with Jesus. It's like, I remember everything. We're here, I'm here. Or I'm not because I'm just like anybody else that I have these cycles and seasons that come and go, and I, I find myself struggling for a foothold too, and this guy's writing, and he's trying to say this. He says, is there a God for the mundane parts of life, the small moments? Does God care about the forgotten, the moments between the sensational, those moments that are never remembered? And this was the one that really got me. Or are those just spiritual vacuums of space, ones where there is no God? Is there a God of the mundane? And you're like, maybe you're like me and you're like religiously, yes, there is God with us. You know, and you immediately like jump into like your response, like, oh yeah, I stand on the truth. And yes, there is a God with us, you know, but I, I'm sitting in my truck reading this and I decided to read it again. And it was a longer section. And I wondered if someone could just sit with me and look at my life as I was, it was like Monday as I was thinking about the words I'm gonna talk about this morning, and I'm really just, oh, just trying to write them, and these are gonna be memorable words, God. And I'm trying to really, I remember, and it works so hard on those phrases, and I'm like thinking about it, and I completely forget the three sentences of encouragement I gave my daughter two days before. Those like really, I'm like just, oh yeah. I completely forget that, because I'm looking to something that is memorable or substantial, or I'm doing something. That's how I'm, I'm kind of wired. And I think a lot of us sometimes when we come to Jesus and we're thinking about this journey of daily presence with Jesus, it kind of can get a little bit, sometimes we can get a little bit into the works type thing or doing this and doing this. That's how I'm wired. Um, maybe that's you, maybe that's not. But that ordinary does not mean devoid of meaning or purpose. And I think the Lord's wanting to invite us into that today. So, yes, behold, the virgin child came, da 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 Emmanuel. Word became flesh, dwelling amongst us, yes. And so we got these verses, okay, and Jesus here. We've, we've got the God with us story, right? The beginning of most of the gospels have something about heaven coming to earth. The word became flesh. Matthew started this way, but how did those things end, some of those words end? And that's where I wanted to 
hit the scripture today. Because as Jesus was crucified, resurrected, ooh, is that the right time? That's a little fast. Okay. <laughs> good, good. As, as, and then as he ascended, sorry about that. As he ascended, in between the end of those gospels and the beginning of Acts, there's this channel of time, right? Um, they didn't really write a lot about it. They didn't have, maybe they had some spectacular memories or moments, but there's this channel of time. They went from all these memorable things with Jesus. They didn't even have to write them all down. He's like, there were so many, they just kept going and going. But they, the last things they get to hear from Jesus as he ascends, I want us to think about those today. And so we're gonna jump in. This is Matthew 28, right at the end. It's like the classic end, you know, and he gives them the, the call to go to all the nations, the great commission. But the last thing he says, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And I'm like, yeah, stamps on there. And so I'm, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna dig on that. That's the last thing they heard from him as he ascends to heaven. And they, there's a couple other words that are used in the other gospels that we're gonna hit. But this one specifically, I was looking that up and it, it is really a, a picture of words, a, a, a combination of phrases. And when it says, I am with you, it means I'm in the midst, in the midst. And when it says always, it literally means in all ways. And that end of the age, it's like, the appointed time that I have crafted for all of the ages, basically every age. So the invitation right there, I know sometimes it can feel like it's God with them when we read this Bible. You're like, it's God with them. But at a certain point, it was, became clear that it was never gonna stay God with them, the guy they're walking with day after day. It was gonna be God with us. They just didn't get that. We probably have a hard time getting that too if we were in the same spot. So this, this, is our, this is our thing this morning. In the midst of, in all ways, for every age, in every age, that is the God with us. So if we're talking about daily life, maybe start crafting a little bit. Maybe start thinking about the mundane, the ordinary moments, in the midst of, in all ways, in every age. Now, also, Luke kind of describes a little bit different phrasing in there. And if you want to throw that Luke one up there, he records some of the same things, but also hears Jesus say this, which I think is so cool about the Bible. Maybe it's hard for us sometimes. It's just like you and me, we remember certain things, certain things stick out to us, certain reasons we remember a certain thing. That's how each of these writers of the gospels, it's not like a always a conflict, it's that they were thinking and worrying and believing kind of in different hu human ways, just like you do, just like I do. And that's kind of the beautiful thing about how the gospels work together. So he hears this also, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. In the context of some of those same phrases, wait here, don't go far. You're gonna be doing this commission, this great commission, and I'm gonna send you what my father has promised. Okay? And they're like, if you were in that spot, you go, 
What did my father promise? I don't remember that part. And they'll go, and then they'll be like, John will say, hey, remember, if he had his book there, his Bible. Remember back, <laughs> John didn't have his Bible. I know, I know, I know. But you go back and this is what happened is they like, as he said these things, they were fulfilled within Jesus. They started getting it, right? And maybe they went back and remembered that moment in John 14, John 14, 15. This is kind of important. Same phrases, same words. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And, and for us that have kind of been in the church you know, life, that's pointing towards the promise of Pentecost. He's leading them into this future place. There's gonna be something memorable that's gonna happen to him, right? Like it's gonna be a big deal because basically that's the birth of the church, why we're here, what's happening. But for what I believe in that moment, all they really were able to receive was that I'm gonna have the proximity of his presence with me. That's, I mean, like they trusted Jesus' character by that point. They're like starting to like really think maybe this guy has something crazy going on when he rises from the dead and then is talking to him about these future things. They're like, maybe I should start believing and walking even deeper in with him. So I, the, the question maybe isn't, is God with us in the mundane? But the question I would have asked if I was in that spot is, well, then how do I experience that? Thank you, Jesus. You said you're gonna, you're gonna be with me. You're not, gonna, you're not gonna leave me high and dry. You're telling me to go. And you're in, in the midst of, in the middle of, in every age. How do I experience that? And I think that's where we talk about practice. Not the game. We're talking about practice. Um, yeah, I don't know if we have any Allen Iverson fans in here. Sorry, guys. That's an Allen Iverson quote. There was a superstar NBA player back in the 2000s where he got kind of high and mighty about his life, who he was, and he decided he wasn't going to practice. He was only going to play the game. But then he got called on it by his coach. Then he had this huge interview where he's like, we're talking about practice. He's downplaying practice. We're not talking about the game, the game we die for. I'm talking about practice. And within this interview, he said practice like 32 times. It's a big joke. Even TV shows now make it. It's okay if you don't know this story. It's just funny. If Dane was here, he would laugh for me. Um, But it is kind of that thing. We're talking about practice, like experiencing and practicing his presence. And that's kind of... The shift, if, if we believe that he's the God with us and maybe he's got something for us in front of us and he says he's gonna he's send the advocate, then how do I experience it? How do I walk in that? I grew up playing sports. That's me. And I was not always the nicest person playing sports. Most people would... <laughs> And I drove my coaches angry, uh, batty, and they'd get angry at me because sometimes I thought I was a big deal. 
And so I didn't want to practice. I just want to play the games and get to the game. I didn't want to spend the time learning the little thing. I had a hard time learning the guitar because I didn't want to just learn the parts. I wanted to sing the song with the people. That was like my whole goal. Now that was healthy maybe a little bit. I learned a different way of, but I didn't really ever get great at guitar. I just got to a certain spot enough to sing a song with people. You know, like, so practice, you know, kind of be like a little lower. And honestly, if I'm being honest, I, I think that's how sometimes I've lived my walk with Jesus as I've grown up. Like I was raised, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be a history maker. Every summer I go to church camp and I'm like, this is the summer where everything changes and I'm going to heal everybody. And Jesus is going to use me powerfully and bow, bow. You know, like that was kind of like... Anybody, anybody have that kind of, that's how I was raised. I'm a history maker. And then the next day you're like, what was I supposed to, I was, you know, (laughs) it's a hard skill practicing his presence and like this kind of daily, daily life. If I'm trying to experience and, and, uh, investigate this mysterious thing that there's a God who's come to me and won't leave me alone it won't leave me high and dry, but he won't control me. He doesn't desire to control me. His love for me doesn't want to control me. So I, I, I don't have a formula I can walk into and be like, if I do this, this, and this, then I can control him back. Like, that's not how love's working at all. So he, I can't control him. He can't control me. He wants an interaction and a friendship and a love with me. So to him... And to the writers later, as Paul wrote, the simple things that you're like, this is annoying. Like, don't be anxious about anything. Instead, pray in stillness, wait upon, you're like, that was, that was like, that's the, your how-to guide is just don't be anxious about anything. Instead, pray. Like, that's the, that's this practice of prayer. And, you, and it's all, all through the Bible. I think for me, when I think about practices, and what we're talking about is like those spiritual disciplines, the things that spiritually form us in the moment, day to day to day. Not just like I had this incredible experience, which are beautiful, like this high, or not that I'm just going through the toughest time and I get to experience him when he just picks me up low. That's beautiful too. But the life lived in, in those channels. It's kind of like, a, well, let me just make sure practices like like prayer like stillness like rest like communion like worship like being in community those are practices that are our daily do we get those like just so we don't get weird language going here that's what i mean by practices the things that we repeat following the life of jesus what he showed his disciples it's a lot like uh you know those big ships the cruise ships or the freighter ships when they're trying to come into a new bay or a harbor, or they're passing through a treacherous channel of water. They, I don't know if you've seen this, but they, they have a, a local pilot get on a pilot boat, and he races out in the pilot boat, comes alongside, gets, gets in sync with that boat, the freighter, hops on a ladder, climbs up, and helps navigate that huge ship through this harbor or this channel or this dangerous place. That's what practices are for us. It's like we invited the pilot again and again to help walk us through the channels of life, the the moments where we have to learn to steer left, to steer right. 
Uh, it's a metaphor. You, you don't take it all the way. But, but the idea being that, like, we invited that pilot on board. They invited that pilot on board because they had a place they need, knew they had to go. That's what practices in our life are. We're making an invitation. We're making an invitation to Jesus through the Holy Spirit to mold me and form me and move me. That's how I have the opportunity to experience him in a daily life. I think that's the wonderful thing is that the advocate is empowering these steps. The advocate, the Holy Spirit is empowering those steps. Helping us go to these life-changing moments. Let me do one more story and share about one more person. Um, I read about Brother Lawrence when I was like 22. And he's like this famous Christian you, people like, oh, read, that's one of these famous Christian writers. Of course, it's from like the 16th century, you know, like it's like 700 years ago or something, you know, like this, this guy was a, uh, he's a monk, you know, we're like, monks are awesome. They know all this stuff. <laughs> but what I love about him is he, <laughs> he wasn't the top of his order. He wasn't the guy that, ever, you know, like you normally would like the writings of the most wisest saint. We do have those. We have like, you know, these different saints and these writings and, and stuff. But he was Brother Lawrence because he was a layman. He was the, the lower level of the monk monkery. <laughs> monkery. I know it's monastery. I'm just kidding. Um, he was a soldier. He was a footman. He was clumsy. He had some bad health. That's what it writes about him. Like he wasn't the greatest. They had to switch him from dishwashing to maybe cooking, but then his health bothered him. And then he went to another thing and he, was, he would just go probably into the cellar. It says he re- recording the buying and selling of the different wines and the foods that he needed. Basically, he's just writing stuff down and walking over to it and writing it down. Really mundane tasks. He wasn't like leading the top of the top. Eventually, he had to be a cobbler and make shoes. And this is the guy that somehow, you know, redhead when he's like 22, has, finds a book about him and his writings. And it, it, the name of the book is Practice the Presence of God. Because he found a pathway and um, a unique, maybe even more unique than a lot of the people at his time that were sharing about how to live in a daily drudgery of life, maybe, but in the pleasure of connection and communion with Jesus. And this is what he says about practice, all right? And he's, he's pretty good. Practice, he's, he's, there's some weird things in here, of course, like any of us who would write a book. <laughs> Except for Garrus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Isn't it kind of funny though? Like, I mean, if I would just read this and been okay with some of the stuff this guy shared, it probably would have helped me through my whole life. But I wanted to read the next book from the guy that was, you know, 
1997 that he wrote. And then I had to read the next book of the guy in 2000 that wrote this. And the next book, the next book. And you kind of just get into this bias of the next book is going to be the thing that really, and you, I don't know, maybe that's just you. That's just me, maybe not you, but. <laughs> but there is sometimes a weird bias where there is 2,000 years of this church, this life, 2,200 years of this church life happening. We were meant to experience this Bible through the history of so many people. If I think I'm just gonna discover something brand new um, that other people haven't experienced and walked through. It's so, I don't know, just like not. I, we got to bring, come to this thing with humbleness and not just like blow it up, you know, like the, the, this Bible's amazing and it's, it took time and took people and Holy Spirit to craft it together. So when we hear these little cool truths from a guy from, you know, 700 years ago, it doesn't mean he doesn't get it because we have the knowledge of DNA or something, you know, or some scientific breakthrough. Knowledge and wisdom are not the same thing. So this is what he says. We must take care to glance inwardly toward God, even for a moment before proceeding with our actions, our outward actions. Then as we go about our duties, we must continue to gaze upon God from time to time. And finally, we must finish all our actions looking to God. As time and much labor are necessary to acquire this practice, we must not be discouraged when we fail in it because the habit is formed only through difficulty. But when it is formed, everything we do, and going back day to day, we will do with a pleasure. And I was like, oh, what an invitation. That's what I want. I'm like low-key stressed about my silly little events I got to do and this is happening. Or maybe I'm really stressed because I got to get to the work to do my second job to do this. And that, that kind of stuff can really weigh us down day to day. I was sitting in my truck again, <laughs> just stressed out and feeling anxious. Anybody ever feel anxious? Yeah, that's right. And... um I was like, I'm reading these things and I'm getting reminded of the practices that I know are supposed to be in my life and I've, I've been following them, but I'm not an expert. I'm just like him. Through difficulty and learning, it takes some time and I'm okay failing forward. So I'm sitting in the truck and I'm like, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna pick this back up again. And I'm gonna pray just as I can right now. I'm not gonna try to craft something. I'm just gonna pray just as I can. So I go, Jesus, I am low-key stressed about everything I do right now. So it's like, it's like a little piece on everything I do. Why is this happening? Why am I feeling this way? That was it. I'm in silence. I'm in stillness in my truck. No one's around. I gotta go do some stuff. I don't have a lot of time, but I prayed as I could. Jesus, why in this moment, am I feeling so stressed about all these little things and it's carrying on to everything I do? So I get out of the truck and I go do the thing I'm supposed to do. Because you can't not sometimes do the things that are required. They'd like, it's, this is not some ethereal plane that we're gonna somehow get to and we don't have to do, do the things that, yeah. And um, I know sometimes, especially for guys, we come kind of feel like the weight of, all the different ways you're supposed to be for certain people. But in that moment, this is how I was supposed to be with Jesus. A still place, a simple prayer. And it was like, 
two days of nothing feeling much different. And I talked to Andrea and she's like, hey, it seems like you're just kind of chilled out a little bit. And I'm like, no, I'm not. She's like, <laughs> and, and, and I was like, yeah, well, maybe, maybe I am. I didn't do it because I was hoping that something, I just knew that God was with me and I'm trying to practice that he's with me. I wanna invite you this morning. I wanna invite you into this, this journey of praying as you can. It's one of the practices. Stillness, rest, prayer are some of the easiest practices we can put into play at any moment, at any place. It's, it's actually, it's not that hard. It's just hard to repeat. It's hard to go about it day after day after day. So here's the invitation. Would you be able to steal away a few moments if you want to practice his presence right now, today, tomorrow, the next day, God with me? To steal away a moment and verbally speak your worry, verbally speak your pain, maybe write out voice your frustration, voice your gratitude, voice your question. Put an intention to it because the intention is the invitation to the pilot to come alongside channel, steer me through the channels. That's how the advocate is empowering us. The Holy Spirit is empowering us through these seasons of life. I mean, King David, he, he wrote a lot of the Psalms and there was a lot of things that he would say. In one sentence, he could be like, I'm worried, this is the worst, I'm gonna die. You're the best, Jesus. Actually, you've made me amazing. I can really go for it. I'm so happy. Like, all the gambit in one thing, just praying as he could. I feel like that is the Advent season reminder for us, is that there is a lot of repetition in life. You know, like we're not all gonna be on the, we think the mission field or this thing we're gonna do or this. Like you may have two jobs and you're just trying to get through so that the next person, you know, your kids can, can, can live a better life or do this or you're just high-fiving your significant other on the way through. Maybe you're trying to be faithful in your dating life and you're like, this is a first date a thousand times. I'm just trying to be faithful to you, Jesus. This is hard. This repetition is just all around us. But the Advent season is the reminder that all through every one of those repeated life cycles, the repeated mistakes and the habits of brokenness that maybe we're fighting through, that we feel, the high places, the really thin places, the, the really grief-filled places, that Jesus is a God who is continually coming towards us. He has promised the proximity of his presence in the midst of and in all ways in every age, for every one of us. He will not control us. And he has sent an advocate to help lead us into daily practices that reinforce that love. If that feels unattainable to you and feels like just way out there, it's okay. It really is. But I look around this room and not just like, hey, Andy figured it out. There's not that, like, this is not a, a description of Andy doing great, this is, or really a prescription of what I've done. I can look around this room and I see friends 
I see family, I see people who are part of this community, they have lived this out for 10 years, for 20 years, for 30 years. They're here and they carry a unhurried presence into everything they're doing, just like Jesus. He wasn't afraid to get away and be still and he wasn't afraid to be interrupted. That's being unhurried. You're just unanxious. Like my friend Sally over there, that's Sally over there. She's amazing. Every time I talk to Sally, yeah, she is. Every time I talk to Sally, I don't even know her whole life story, but I experience an unhurried, non-anxious presence because of her walk with Jesus. You have people around you that are in this same story with you. So you're not alone. You're like, I'm trying to practice this. I'm trying to practice. I have to go to this job and I just want to steal away. I'm trying to practice rest. I'm trying to practice not you know, carrying worry and all these things. I'm trying to practice the God who's with me in my day-to-day life. So if it's you and you think this is way high, don't worry about it. You're with people that are doing the same things and have seen it. So that's the beauty of community. Let me land this plane because I probably went over. I read another book recently. It's really good. This one's a newer one, so I'm, I joke about the new books that are way better and stuff, you know, but this one, this one is new and it's really good. It just speaks to some, but it's, the title is uh, Praying Like Monks. Ha <laughs> ha. But Living Like Fools. Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. And it's about prayer. And we're just gonna land with some questions, okay? Questions are so good for us. Asking the right questions and being a person who asks questions is so much better than just coming up constantly with answers within a community or within a city, within a place. Like if we can do that for ourselves, we can do that for other people. Oh, so how is that make, why do you think you feel that way? Oh, what do you, what do you wanna experience in this moment? What are you saying to me in this moment? Those questions are so much more important than coming up with a bunch of pat answers, especially around Christmas when Christmas can be super hard with family. There can be grief. Questions are a lot better, I think. What if waking thoughts of your day were spent dreaming with God? Dreams as big as let your kingdom come and as ordinary as give us our daily bread. That's beautiful, man. What if you slipped away at midday for a few moments or a few seconds because every other force is vying for your attention but only Jesus has your heart? What if you were to spend your commute home or the final moments before you fall asleep at night recounting the magnificent and the minuscule ways that you saw heaven pierce earth today? What if your day belonged to the God who loves you without needing to control you? The God whose chief concern is your deepest well-being, who is gently shaping you into the very best version of yourself and who with breath into your exhaustion gives you abundant life. What if fidelity to Jesus is everything? Fidelity to Jesus in every moment is everything. And the way to choose it is simply to pray. Is simply prayer. Now his book was about prayer, so that's what he's gonna land on. It's one of the practices. It's a beautiful and the easiest to grab a hold of, I think. So with worship team, I, I think I have Kristen and Michael come back up and they're gonna do some musical canvas for us. And we're gonna just do a practice together, okay? Talking about practice. 
not a game. We're talking about practice. And we're going to ask Holy Spirit to assist us in experiencing Jesus as the God with us today. And it may be something where, yes, you might want to close your eyes sometimes. You can do that. You can not do it. But let's, let's listen to a few of these. They're going to begin to play. They're not going to sing. They're just going to set a canvas for us to uh, hang out in. And we're going to make this invitation to Jesus, like that pilot coming alongside the boat. I know you won't control me, but I'm going to invite you. And so maybe in your head, in your own words, uh, just in your heart, you might need to close your eyes if you want to, or you just want to rest. I trust you. I welcome your thoughts for me. Those are the words we're giving to Jesus right now. I trust you, and I welcome your thoughts for me. And just start with that. Before I'm going to believe all the things that I think you should, you're saying to me, I'm going to trust your character, that you're the one listening to me. just an intention of our heart. It doesn't mean we're going to have a picture or a vision. It's just an intention of heart. Bring to my mind an ordinary day this last year in the midst of my life or my job or my family. It may not, it may be a general or maybe a specific ordinary day. Maybe something you might have forgot or maybe just, oh, this is what my day looks like most of the time. Allow that to settle into your heart right now. about that moment even right now or simply help me feel the way Jesus felt about me in that moment we just give some space to that we give some stillness to that
was Jesus at? What may have been saying? How does he feel about me? remember this is practice this would just be something we would do in the middle of a moment on the way to work maybe after a, a rough time with a relational issue maybe a, an anxious moment with a child or a worry on a way to a, a blind date to Jesus and we would say in whatever way you decide to show me this Jesus I'm okay with it and I thank you and I bring gratitude to my view of this ordinary day I bring gratitude to my view of this repetition that I have to perform because you are the God who is with me in the midst of, in all ways, for every age, all the appointed days of my life. Now, as we respond, we're gonna take a few moments and just worship and sing together. And you can stand and you can sit however you, you like, but we thank you, Jesus again and again that you would not leave us orphans that you would come towards us and you'd come in us thank you for the ordinary days God Thank you for the mundane days where we get a chance to practice walking in your presence. We know those are spectacular <laughs> and you are leading us to spectacular places and through hard places. But today we just say thank you for the ordinary space. Thank you that you don't control us that your desire is not to shift us and make us be this thing. You're forming us into who you already made us to be. So as we respond, we just say, you are enough. You are more than enough for us today, God. That's enough for me today.
It's enough for me for this moment. It's enough through me through this high season, this low season. You are enough for me. And let's respond and worship together. Yeah. Hey. 
says I'm already loved and we're just gonna communally as a group we're gonna speak that into our lives into the spaces and the daily spots all this week before us Let's sing that we're gonna sing I'm already loved I'm already chosen morning over in the bay. Sign up if you want to help. We're going to have a great week. Let's go. Let's go.